You're listening to Strictly Business Podcast with Lindsay Williams. It's Monday, so it's Shapiro Will with David Shapiro from Sassman Securities in Johannesburg. And this podcast is proudly brought to you by shenet.co.za. It's been a really, really interesting quarter and a really, really good mm. start to the second quarter, David, because mm. look at the look at the all-share index of the JSE. Look mm. at the RAND. I mean, it's mm. it's a sunny day in South Africa. Yeah. Look, look um, I'm, I'm a little surprised at the strength of uh, some of the shares that we're seeing because if we distill the first quarter, and I'm talking South Africa, I'm not going into the overseas markets at all, but if we if if we distill it, it's there's three pillars that, that really contribute to the JSC. It's those big heavyweight offshore businesses that we have, you know, who don't do business in South Africa, ABM, British American Tobacco, Richemont, those companies. Yes. Uh, it's hybrids. We've got some hybrids like um, Amondi, which does a little bit of business here, and so on. And then we've got the resources. And uh, the third leg is SA Inc. And two of those legs did actually pretty well, which was the offshore companies. They turned around. And, and Lindsay, just we've, before we talk about the first quarter, you actually have to remember that the fourth quarter of, of 2018 was pretty awful. Yeah. You know? And therefore, the, the turnaround that we've seen now is not building on a high base. It was actually building on a low base. So in effect, we're back to where we were Almost six months ago, that's all that's happened on global markets. You know, we we haven't broken into new territory, even though I see U.S. markets are quite strong. We still haven't reached the all-time highs that we reached in the U.S. in September. So take that into consideration. Nevertheless, the fact that we bounce back is a pretty good sign. But I think if we look at the at the local market, it's strange that we saw companies that had been absolutely battered. Uh, do pretty well, like British American Tobacco, ABM, Richmond, all of those came back uh, quite nicely after um, you know having been sold out pretty heavily um, over the last year. So I think that for us was uh, you know was 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 quite a big uh, contributor. Strangely, you know, ABM was one of the better performers, and and that's got no uh, weighting in in our all share index at all. Uh, it's by far the biggest company on the JSC in terms of market cap at 2.4 trillion rand, but has nothing, you know, doesn't doesn't feature in the all share. But that was up quite significantly uh, over the last quarter. So that so so let's take that one. And then we had the the miners did well, and they continue to do well. I'm talking at the top end of the market: BHP, Billiton, Anglo's, the diversified miners. So yes. that's what gave us the seven percent. I thought it would have been more. Take that away, and we had a terrible, terrible quarter in terms of SA Inc. with our retailers under a lot of pressure, our financials taking uh, a lot of strain as well. Food companies, wherever we looked, there were some of the some massive gains which just seemed to have been overlooked. Uh, they're making up some ground in the last two days, but uh, I'm a bit surprised because I think the fundamentals still remain very, very questionable. So that's that's very broadly, you know. Um, what it looks like. And, and if we go through the numbers of those, the downturn, they, they're big. David, when you look at the numbers, I mean, the numbers from the first quarter when it comes to macroeconomics were really, really bad indeed. And yeah, in fact, yeah. it was embellished today and it was reinforced today by the Purchasing Managers Index, the ABSA PMI, which came out earlier on. And I've just conducted an interview with an ABSA economist. And the fact is that we are not producing in South Africa. Okay, I think what's happened is that because of the Moody's extraordinary decision to be so rude to us and not 
actually come out with a, a review and even tell us that there's going to be no review. The extraordinary thing is that the RAND has now gone into the 1415 to 1420 area rather than the 1470 to 1480 area. Yeah. And so the retailers on the opening today came out of the blocks like Usain mm -hmm. Bolt. And that's fantastic. But on the other hand, is it a trend yeah. change? And we're going to talk about that yeah. in a moment. But one swallow doesn't make a summer. David, uh -huh. go over and give me your short-term views, and I'll give you my medium and long-term views after you've given me your short-term view. Well, I think, I think you know, the short-term views is obviously uh, either the market was short, uh, caught short, or alternatively, they see Moody's not giving a credit rating as being a positive sign, you know, holding off until after the election. Hopefully that Mr. Ramaphosa is going to introduce um, a reform. And those reforms, you know, you know, when, when everybody says we hope that he's going to introduce structural reforms, what structural reforms? You know, I'm saying I, I, I'm questioning yes. what can he do? You know, in my, in my own mind, I'm saying these are all nice words to use. But what kind of reforms? do you actually expect an ANC government to introduce? You know, I mean, if you read the headlines now, it doesn't look like uh, he's going to give up his deputies, those, uh, the top six in the ANC. It doesn't look like any of those are going to, you know, are, are going to be kicked out. Uh, they're going to likely remain. So the battle for him to do anything is going to be difficult. You know, that's, that's reality. Uh, how is he suddenly going to change the course of the of uh, Eskom, you know, all of a sudden, yes, he may introduce reforms, but the, the damage is so widespread, it's going to take generations to turn it around. So I I'm still remain very skeptical about what he can do and uh, whether he can really get growth going. You know, the only thing that can get growth going is if we have a massive gain in uh, commodity prices, if we see platinum doubling, we see iron ore doubling and coal prices doubling. You know, those are the kind of things that we need to give us uh, some kind of short-term fix, you know, almost uh, a cannabis high or something like that. Nothing else is going to do it. So I, I remain very cautious about what can happen even after the election. But Lindsay, we had Ramaphoria. Remember Ramaphoria? Everybody got all excited. Oh, now watch, you know, Sudal's in power. Yes, so but you know what? That was 15 months, months ago. That was 15 yeah, know, months ago. So why even talk about it now? There's no Ramaphoria. <laughs> well, well, Ramaphoria well, was well, a moment in time. Well, now he's saying wait until Sudal, wait until the election. That's the next, you know, the next, that's the next leg. The next week. Okay, you know, wait let's wait until this. the election. Wait for that. Yeah, well, that's what I'm saying. Hold on a sec. In the meantime, we keep falling behind the rest of the world. You know, as the rest of the world creeps on, uh, so we fall behind. So I remain very skeptical whether we can do it. And so that's where I stand. Uh, the rest, from a global point of view, I think we'll just kind of grind higher. Uh, I don't see, uh, funny enough, we were discussing it on Friday. Uh, yes. Or Thursday, when was a Friday? You know, Friday, said, yeah. I can't see it. I can see it grind. You know, I can see us grinding high. I don't see anything in the market that's going to knock us backwards. You know, valuations are not excessive. They're not bubble-like. Inflation's not there, and so on. America's doing okay. I just see their manufacturing numbers come out slightly higher than expected. So there's positive manufacturing there. Yeah, you know, things are okay, but I don't expect the blowout. You know, market uh, a blowout in global market. Yeah, China's stimulus measures are now starting to work, so we're slightly higher there. 
got to wait for Europe to wake up, you know. And but do you know what happens with China, David? That. They come mm. out and they say, well, we're going to uh, boost the prospects of local small businesses because we're going to cut rates and we're going to stop the speculation in property. And then the market goes up for one day and then three days later, the market goes down 4% or 4.5%. That is typical of the Shanghai index. But if I look at the international situation, the German production numbers were awful. We've still got Trump in the yeah. White House, yeah. which is yeah. it's unbelievable. The Chinese numbers be are being massacred. <laughs> I know it's unbelievable. I know you can die. The Chinese, <laughs> the Chinese numbers are pretty poor, and they're probably massaged. We've got yeah. Brexit, etc. And mm. I just think to myself, well, maybe that means risk off for South Africa at some point. At the moment, of course not. I looked at the S and P this morning at around about eight o'clock South African time. It was up. 25 points and I said why is that because of some sort of trade deal uh, optimism mm -hmm. which, is, which is the most spurious excuse to buy the S&P ever I don't know what it is maybe it's just the euphoria around the second quarter for me the big the big challenge is I, I, I think it's, there is no alternative what do they say uh, Tina I think that's uh, and, and, and really that doesn't give you a lot of comfort I'm waiting for let's see what and when, when I say what, I look for what the big companies are going to tell us, you know, the second in this first quarter. In other words, I look, I like to look at uh, all the heavy techs, and that'll give you a very good idea if there is still a pulse and momentum, you know, in the in the U.S. economy. I think that's I will look to whether Amazon, I will look to Facebook, I look to you know whether the advertising is still there, whether they, whether they're still growing their books, whether subscriptions are growing, and so on. Uh, Netflix. So those are the ones that I look for. Not because I, I like them number one, but I want to main see that the uh, the momentum, that kind of momentum, which now defines uh, the global economy, is, is is you know still going well. So we're at twenty eight fifty four as I talk to you now. Well, um, you know, from from my point of view, we're still below uh, September, where, where where we went up to two nine three five on the S and P. That's okay. important. Okay. We've got to, you know, if you're going to have a bull market, you've got to break through that level as well. We can't just bumble along. I can't see that momentum there at the moment. So I, I'm, I, yeah, you know, I'm comfortable where we are, and we'll bumble along from day to day. But I think down the line the kind of movements we're seeing in the JSE today, um, I'm, I can't see as being sustainable. I'll, I'll give you an example. Shame. Yes. I'm, I don't no, want to, you know, I'm just looking at Robex today. Robex coming. Trading updates, coming. yeah. Yeah, you look at the construction. They'll tell you exactly what's happening in the in the economy. It's not a matter of what's happened. You know, I never, as, I, as I've always told you, and you've quoted me, you know, I always go and look at the outlook statement. What are they saying about what's mm. down the line? You know, how are they looking at things? And unfortunately, there's no change in trend there. That's that's a worry. I mean, the fact that they can't get money out of the Zambian government, for God's sake. You know, this is a government institution. And, I mean, they keep begging them. They do the work. It, it also gives you an idea of, of, of doing business in Africa. And likewise here, there's no spend on road re rehabilitation here at all. There is no spend. They have to write off their goodwill. You know, they have to write off. And then their, their general business, all they do is kind of almost main, continue in order to maintain their skills. As Basil Reed said in an interview now of going into business rescue, they just try to keep their skills. So that defines where we are, Lindsay. It's, yeah. it's, it's tough. 
Basil Reed should be renamed Basil Forty, and it's nothing to do with <laughs> with the specific company. It's all to do with the fact that the construction sector is on its knees. Maybe it's an opportunity. Yeah. Who knows? David, the one thing that worried me over the last few days is you said, well, today this has happened and that has happened, but it happened actually started on Thursday with the palladium price and the platinum yes. price and the gold price mm. coming yes. down because yeah. of a slight increase mm. in the value of the US dollar mm. against the euro, etc. Mm. That to me has been propping up the JSC for yeah. the first three months yeah. of the year. Mm. Is this a trend change? I just spoke to a, f- a friend of ours, Liston Mainchies. He said, no, no, it's not, it's not a trend change. It has to become more entrenched to be in a trend change. But gosh, if that goes out the window, then the JSC is going to be in trouble. Well, well I, I, that's, that's, that concerns me. I think we're getting a little, little bit of a boost today because of the Chinese manufacturing numbers. So there's been a pickup in, you know, the traders have gone into copper and they, platinum and palladium and that are, are holding their own. Yes. But remember, this was, you know, when it, it was $1,500 or close to $1,600, yeah. which is a palladium. It's now down at $1,340 or thereabouts. So that's a big crack. Platinum itself is not showing any great form. So I would, you know, it's, it's, these are not running away. They are where they are um, at the moment. They're not, you know, oil is not making any new highs. It doesn't, if anything, it looks like it's going to come down from these kind of levels. Um, copper might be in shortage and there might be a lot coming on uh, in the next few years and copper might go up. I don't know. But one doesn't get a feeling that these prices have got uh, major momentum behind them. Uh, you know, in also, in other words, to underpin uh, the ongoing uh, continuation of the kind of commodity boom or booming commodity shares, I should say, that we've seen. So I remain, you know, real like I'm holding on to the very limited exposure that I have. But I agree with you; it's it's we're vulnerable. We are vulnerable there. Okay, so the trend of the first three months of 2019 could it be? reversed today or rather over the last few days because i'm looking at truworths up four and a third percent i saw on the opening couple of hours of the jsc securities exchange exchanges i saw pick and pay up something like five percent i think to myself okay why is this maybe it's just because people were short and they're buying back or Mm, maybe mm, it's because mm. people are optimistic about the fact that the south african consumer Mm. will have better times in the next six twelve eighteen months i just can't see it do you know what worries me? And, and, and I think this might show my age, but there are a lot of, a lot of analysts, and they might be young, mm-hmm. who look at things on a valuation basis and say, oh, you know, things are um, value-wise very cheap relative to history. Yes. My answer to that is history has changed. <laughs> we're not who we were. We haven't got the same economy that we were 15, 20-odd years ago. And I don't see the structure that would allow us to maintain or to bounce back, you know, even though valuations have come down. So, in other words, I don't see us structurally strong enough to actually uh, make it worthwhile to buy things at these kind of levels, particularly in the retailers. Um, up to now, they've managed to hold their own by cutting costs and becoming more efficient. But down the line, you've got to increase the top line. And we don't see we don't see top line increasing because there is no money in the economy. Householders are battling. Therefore, while pick and pay historically might be cheap, I don't think that is that necessarily means it's going to run away. And I'm just using 
pick and pay as a uh, you know as a proxy for, uh, for for retailers. But if we go back to the quarter, let me just start here. Mr. Yes. Price is still down twenty percent. You know, from the beginning of the year, twenty hmm. percent's a lot. Massmart down twenty uh, percent. True is still down eighteen percent, even with these changes. You know, Pepco down sixteen percent. Woolies down fifteen percent. Discam down fourteen percent. So, I mean, these this this gives you an idea. Shoprite down thirteen percent. So it gives you an idea of how far these companies have fallen in the first quarter. So even though we're seeing a turnaround now, there's a lot of room to 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 be made up. So just be cautious. That's that's all. You know, I hope I'm wrong. I'm hope that we. You know, South Africa just suddenly, um, you know, find something that's going to get us going again and that. But for me, it's, 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 it's I can't see it. I can't see it in, in the market here. As we pre-recorded It makes this. me sound very pessimistic. You're not but, pessimistic. You know, I've always re- said that you're I'm a realist, realistic. not a pessimist. Oh. Mm. Anyway, the top five major moves, according to shanet.co.za, as we pre-record this interview at half past four on a Monday. CML, that's Coronation Fund Managers, that's up six and two-thirds percent, 666, which is a nasty number. Let's get away from Rainbow Chickens, that's the second one. The JSE up five and a quarter percent. There has been some good volumes going through the JSE recently. Yeah, but the JSE is still down 16 percent on the year. If you would have bought the JSE a year ago, you're down 25 percent. Barlow World up. (laughs) Yeah, Polo World up nearly 5%, Standard Bank up uh, 4.5%. On the downside, of course, nothing to do with uh, domesticity, apart from the fact that uh, Implats digs some of its stuff out of the ground in South Africa. Implats down nearly 5%, Fortress B down 3.8%, Harmony 3.1% weaker, Sabania Gold down 2.25%, and Angler Gold down 2.25% as well. There's been a shift in sentiment over the last three days. Hopefully it's not a trend. Well, it's out of gold. It's out of uh, out of platinum. I think. I think, Lindsay. You know, if you look at the platinum chart, if you look at the, and this is, comes back to what you said earlier on. If we look at the uh, platinum share chart, whether it's uh, Anglo Platts or Impala, it it literally took off like a rocket. Yes. And that's always a dangerous sign. When you see a chart that heads, you know, that not at a forty-five degree angle, but almost at a at a seventy or eighty degree angle, ninety degree angle, then you know that there's going to be pain somewhere down the line. You don't have to be clever. You don't have to be roffy. You don't have to be a charges, you know, <laughs> any of these chaps who look at charges. You don't have to be that clever to know that it's it's not going to last. And I think we're unraveling or unwinding uh, those excess moves that we saw that I think were just completely, you know, worrisome. Just uh, those are the kind of moves that, that really make you scary. So I think that's what we're seeing in some of the gold shares and some of the platinum shares. And that comes back to, you know, what lies ahead for us in this next quarter. I think those, you know, we will get an unwinding of those excessive moves. David, let's move to football now, more important stuff. Um, Over the weekend, (laughs) one of the most important things that happened to me was that um, I realised that at Wembley on Saturday, there was a match between Sunderland and Portsmouth. Now, Sunderland and Portsmouth are both in the third division. And there was 85,700 people at that match. And the only match in Europe that usurped that in terms of the number of people attending it was Barcelona versus Espanyol in the Catalonian derby. And Barcelona, of course, won 2-0. But it just gives me some hope that Sunderland and Portsmouth are both really rubbish teams, let's face it. Uh, But they've got this... 
they've got not much money, but they still manage to get people to come and watch them, which tells me that what, football... What, what was the game? It what, was what, the, what? I don't know, it was the Sesame Securities Challenge Cup or something <laughs> like that. It was one of those crappy, one of those crappy games I, that I is sponsored by a paint them. company or something, but oh, 85,000 people went to watch it. It was amazing. I know. I, know. I, I was, you know, I was friendly at one stage with Paul Walsh, ex-Liverpool, ex-Spurs, Yes. Um, who went down, who was sold, uh, who was swapped into Portsmouth. And I used to often go watch him there. It was a lovely ground, always a lovely atmosphere. They were in second of, I think they did then get, uh, they came up to first of, and uh, I mean, sorry, the premiership, yes. premiership, you know, in other words. And and they were always a great company, always a great, great, uh, always great to go down there, of course. Um, you know, they, they, they very rival, sorry, their rivals are Southampton, but, um, I'm surprised at, at, and Sunderland, I mean, well, Sunderland is Newcastle, I mean, uh, they have a huge, huge fan base. So mm. I feel sorry. I just, when I see some of the history, remember, um, I'm 71 years old. I've been watching British soccer now for 65 years, you know, so, oh, wow. uh, those teams that, yeah, those teams that I used to love. Aston Villa, Newcastle. The first game I ever saw was uh, Newcastle at the Rand Stadium with Jackie Milburn versus South Africa in oh. 1953. So oh. I saw everybody used to come out there, Bolton, Wonders, Preston. So I've always had a, a, a kind of a warm sentiment to, towards a lot of those historical sites, Preston, North End, Bolton, and so on. Yeah. And I'm sad to see because they've got such a loyal base. You know, these chaps never, ever leave their teams, and it's something that that you will never change. I don't think these people will ever lose their loyalty, regardless of um, you know of, of how the teams fare. As you are with Ipswich, I know. You know deep down, Boxing Day, nineteen seventy-five, <laughs> Ipswich nil, Luton one at Portman Road, thirty-two thousand people there, and I still stupidly follow this team that is going to be relegated at the end of this season to the, the third division, and it's really, really uh, so distressing. Sad. Go up a couple of leagues now. Liverpool versus Tottenham mm. on. Sunday. How wow. do they keep that goalkeeper in his in his job? He lost them the You're game. You're talking Loris, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Loris. I mean, he he won the Loris, World Cup. Yeah. He won the World mm. Cup for them. But uh, surely Mauricio Pochettino has got the courage now to say, oh, no. "I'm sorry, oh, no. you keep on making these mistakes. Get it's out." Now. Blunders, yeah, yeah. I know it's tragic. And look for you know, <laughs> it's this. I, re- I remember seeing um, also Liverpool Everton when <laughs> when the same thing happened in the last minute yes. of the game. What's uh, um, not for some? What's um, his uh, Everton's goal? The England goalkeeper and the same boob. I mean, which just gave them a game and the same thing. They just seem to be creeping on. Obviously, you know, God's on their side. I thought he used to be on Man United side, but he's obviously on Liverpool side this season. Uh, <laughs> Shankly, is it Shankly? Who's up there that's that's looking after them? That's changing. There's so many different managers. You know what? You know what I found yeah, tragic. I, I got a. I think the tragedy to me was this Cardiff match, that offside goal. Ah, uh, you know, I, not just was, the offside goal. The 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 the, mm. the 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 chap that should have been sent off. The the, the Chelsea Same player. Pull it, yeah, I know. Uh, the, I know. The German so who should have been sent off for bringing that guy with only with only the goalkeeper to beat. It's just a and we've got to get that VAR in. People, uh, no, this uh, is Cardiff who are fighting for every point they can get. Mm. You know, and, and to lose like that with such a blatant decision, such a poor decision, 
Um, you know, and Neil Warnock, I know he always goes off, but but in this case, I was, you know, I was on his side. I just unfair. Anyway, but that's um, but Liverpool didn't look great, eh? No, they're, they're not great. Look, not great. They keep on hey, saying they're winning team. ugly, but unfortunately, uh-uh. Uh-uh. unfortunately, uh-uh. they're playing rubbish teams and they're playing uh-uh. rubbish football. And no, Manchester City will prevail. Manchester City yeah. are sublime. I'm sorry. Mm. No, you can't compare them. I I was very very disappointed in the way that Liverpool played, and not you know it was a nice match, but but uh, they certainly don't look like a league. I, I promise you, Leicester's winning side would have killed them. <laughs> Leicester's yeah. uh, Premier League side, you know, the Premier League winning side would have absolutely killed Liverpool. They played ago, lovely yeah. soccer, yeah. David, the sponsors are now All complaining. Right. We're going to uh, cut the last <laughs> six minutes of our conversation out. But that was Shapiro Will with David Shapiro from Sassam Securities in Johannesburg. That podcast was proudly brought to you in association with sharenet.co.za.